Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station and at seattlesports.com. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine Electronics, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome to our two, the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. So, you hear a lot about the Seattle Boat Show, and you know, he's been, been doing that for a long, long time, and absolutely love it, but I got news for you. The Seattle Boat Show is great, but all the boats were sold. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go to a boat show where you there actually have boats and outboards and a bunch of other stuff, you better get your little you-know-what up to Anacortes next weekend for the Anacortes Boats and Yacht Show.com, May 19th through 21st, Cap Sandy Marina in Anacortes, and i got to tell us all about it. it, is none other than the president of the Northwest Marine Trade Association, George Harris. Good morning, Mr. Harris. How are you? Morning, George. Hey, guys. Good morning, morning George. Intro, Tom. Good morning. Well, I, tr- I try. I try. You know, so now now it's your turn, though, because this well, we, this event um, has been a lot of fun and a true on-the-water show where you can try before you buy. That's right. Uh, I absolutely love Anacortes. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air. Our staff loves getting up there. Uh, we're going to kick it off on Thursday. We've got 76 businesses up there, okay. over 160 boats on display. And the Seattle Boat Show was fantastic this year, and, and we all know boating's super popular right now. A um, little over 160 boats. Every one of them's for sale. And um, we're going to be open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. up there. And then this year we've teamed up with another entity that's known nationally called Trawler Fest. And um, I like to think Seattle Boat Show is famous for the education. Uh, we brought in Trawler Fest this year to do the education at the Anacortes Show. So they're going to be doing 31 seminars across five days. Those will actually kick off on Tuesday. Nice schedule at the website. People can check out, you know, focus on electronics, systems, diesel engines, trip planning, that sort of thing. So much to learn for new boaters out there. So something like this is, I, I was just scrolling through all of the exhibitors that are going to be there. So much information. Um, so kind of explain a little bit about what's going to happen down there. Folks can come down, jump jump on boats. Can they go out on the boat and yeah, actually so do we, some on-the-water stuff? That's up to the uh, the dealer or the broker there. We're going to have uh, new and brokerage boats at the show, Joey. And... Um, the way the marina is laid out, uh, there are some of the businesses that the, at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day that'll, that'll actually do sea trials. So um, that can happen up there. And um, like I said, the uh, education kicks off on Tuesday. So um, there's a separate ticket for each of the classes, or you can buy a, a package for everything. And then admission to the, the boat show days is just $12 for adults. Kids 17 and under are free. We have a military discount at the box office up there, half price, and um, every day from 10 a.m. to 6. That's just huge. But you do make a great point with the, with the Trawler Fest and the education. If you think you can get behind today's marine electronics and just have it do everything you need it to do, 
you need to think again because I find myself and, and I'm and I've been running the gear like I'm in this latest trip. I mean, I'm I'm in like 10 days straight and I got another 21 to go and you get proficient with it to a certain degree. But I couldn't sit behind somebody else's brand of electronics and have even close to that degree of familiarity and confidence. And, and, and George, make no mistake about it, when you develop that type of proficiency with, with your marine electronics, it's safety gear, okay? That sonar, it helps you locate fish, but it also keeps you aware of how much water's under that keel, obviously. Radar is nothing short of, of collision avoidance gear. You need to have some proficiency with it. The chart plotter can can help you lay out safe courses to the next location. But, George, only if you know how to use this gear. And the only way you're going to know how to use it is get somebody to get you started. That's right, Tom. And these aren't short classes. Every class is two to four hours long uh, covering radar, AIS, your chart plotters, all your systems, managing your power on board. So uh, really in-depth seminars, two to four hours long, each of them. So this trawler thing is something of, I don't, I, I don't even know what to call it, but it's a passion, okay? And, and, there, and there's, there's like the cult of trawlers out there that they go eight to ten knots, and it's a, it's a displacement hull, and they go there in complete comfort, and they're fine stopping anywhere. Drop the anchor, gunk hole, and live. It yeah. doesn't matter. Now, you made me aware of something last night when we talked called the Great Loop. Lay that one upon yeah. me, brother. Tell tell our audience what that Actually, what that encompasses. Well, as a guy that grew up on the Great Lakes, this is a daydream of mine. I would love to do the Great Loop. So uh, a lot of people will start uh, at the south end of Lake Michigan, go through the canals in Chicago, get into the Mississippi, take the Mississippi all the way down into the Gulf of Mexico, cruise the coast there, go around the tip of Florida, and then all the way up the intercoastal of the east coast of the United States, through the St. Lawrence Seaway, back into the Great Lakes, Superior, Huron, Michigan, and you've done the Great Loop 6,000 miles. So um, Six up to do it all in thousand. one season. <laughs> 6,000 um, miles at, and I just want to put, at eight knots. At eight knots. Now, I just want to put in this com- in, in complete serious, comfort, in complete comfort, comfort yes. in complete comfort. Until you stop at Miami and leave with a hangover, right? Then you're then you're less uncomfortable. But just to put that in perspective, in my in my 30 days in in, in Sitka, I, I take great pride in the fact that I run about 100 miles a day. So by the time I get done with this trip, hey, I I've done 3,000 miles on that boat, and I feel really really good about it. Now you're done, but that's but that's nothing. The Great Loop's twice that. Yeah, okay, we're, 6, we're all we're that's all 30 knots. We're all, yeah, we're yeah, also do, we're doing 35 we're, miles yeah, an hour on a yeah. flat ocean. So, <laughs> I, this 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 cult of the trawler fest will, will not be will will not be. I, dude, I don't have the patience to go eight knots, but I understand it. And it and, and, and I do if we're trolling for something. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to have so much different gear on board that boat, but but uh, but the, the, it, at being inside one of these tugs, like the you know, Ranger tugs and all that kind of stuff, they're cool oh, and, yeah. and they're comfortable. And Ranger and, tug, Ranger tug will be there, so you can go check them out. Who else is going to be there that offers these type of floating hotel accommodations, George? Well, we've got some some really new boats. I like the, some of the European boats that even I'm not that familiar with. Um, you know, the Sargos, the Nimbus, the Targas, 
uh, locally built, life proof. We've got some newer boats that folks maybe haven't seen at the show that uh, folks should check out. And I think speaking of cults, Tom, you know, there's also the cult of the Northwest. Um, you know, we may be right here in the Northwest Washington state, take it for granted, but we've already sold tickets in uh, 29 states for the show. So there's folks from Indiana, South Carolina, Florida, Maine, all over the country that are going to be coming to the show this week because they want what we have. And uh, they might want to buy one of our boats and take it back to the Great Lakes to do the Great Loop, or they might want to buy a boat, keep it here, uh, because they love nothing more than boating in the Northwest, whether that's the San Juan Islands, the Gulf Islands, or going all the way up the Inside Passage. So we've really got something special here. We're putting it on display uh, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and I'm fired up. Dude, be fired up. That sounds like a lot of fun, man. And and uh, and and it's you know Anacortes is you know if I didn't if I didn't live where I lived, Anacortes, I just love it, man. Cap Sandy Marina, you know, you got Flounder Bay and Skyline and all that kind of stuff. It just encompasses that that quintessential Northwest living at the marina lifestyle. It's just for I, sure. yeah, that's just kind of like what we got here at Fishburne. It's just like Sitka, so, and we yeah. get trawlers that cruise we through do. here, and yeah. I have people rent my boats and tow them around the island, and it, I've I've dealt with these groups of people. It's awesome to see them. You get ten or fifteen grand banks in here, and they'll do the cruise. They've came from Seattle and they've done the whole loop and. They stop by here and rent my boat for a day and go fishing because on that cr- slow cruise, they don't get a lot of fishing, but it's something else that I offer. You know, it's not just come here to go fishing. We experience a lot of other experiences people do. So I try to accommodate to everybody like that. Sure. Well, George, we wish you all the best of luck at the show. Tell us how it goes. It's the Anacortes Boat and Yacht Show dot com, May 19th, 20th, 21st, Cap Santa Marina in scenic, wonderful Anacortes. George Harris of the Seattle Boat Show. Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, George. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Coming up next, the critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires, taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Columbia River reopens for Spring Chinook. Enough springers are heading over the Columbia River to allow for additional angling days below Bonneville Dam. The first springer opener runs from May 12th through the 20th, and the second set for June 4th through the 15th. This allows fisheries managers to assess impacts, make sure that harvest isn't surpassing the recreational quota. So far, that spring run is coming in at over 127% of the 10-year average, and fishery managers have increased the run forecast from a buck 23 to almost 162,000 spring Chinook. Springer fishing is open from Tongue Point to Beacon Rock and bank angling from Beacon Rock down to that deadline below Bonneville Dam. Dave Johnson from Kitsap Marina and Port Orchard said the trout fishing has been incredible on Kitsap and Wildcat Lakes near Bremerton. Dave reported excellent trout fishing this week on Kitsap Lake and said they were slamming small spoons and flies near the surface. Wildcat Lake has also been a great option for planter trout. Out on the coast, the weather has seriously hammered the halibut openers so far. So far, the fleet has only gotten out one day, and that was last Sunday. Johnson said the big southerlies have kept the boats off the water. The fishing was excellent for the boats that ventured out last Sunday, though. Dave says the lack of effort will most likely ensure the coastal halibut fishery will go into the month of June. Marine Area 2 off Westport is open on Thursdays and Sundays through May 22nd, and Marine Areas 3 and 4 are open Thursdays and Saturdays through May 21st. 
There's additional halibut days scheduled for late May and early June if there's quota remaining in these areas. Do you sound shrimp over your head? Be sure to set some vacation time scheduled for May 25th when shrimping opens in Puget Sound. WDF set the opener for a Wednesday in hopes of keeping that marine area within their recreational shrimp quota limits. Each marine area has its own set of times when shrimp will be open. Check out the WDFW website for details on the shrimp opener before heading out. Nick Kester from All-Star Charters in Everett said the lingcod bite on Possession Bar has been excellent since it opened on May 1st. Nick said they are catching two to four keeper lings a day and a ton of sub-legal lings also. He said the future looks bright for that fishery as there's been a ton of lings in the 20 to 25 inch range on Possession Bar. Kester says the hot ticket has been a live sand dab on a mooching rig. He stops in the morning and lets his guests load up on the live bait, and then they head to Possession Bar in search of lings. Lingcod season in Puget Sound, cod and Puget Sound need to be between 26 and 36 to keep, and the season runs through May from May 1st through June 15th. The annual Big Bass Tourney opens today on Potholes Reservoir. Northwest Bass is hosting the Big Bass Tournament today on Potholes. The tournament boasts over 50 grand in cash and prizes, including a brand new Skeeter bass boat powered with a 200 Yamaha outboard. Their hourly weigh-ins. And one of the hourly winners is going to draw a key to the new bass boat. The next tournament in the Northwest Bass Series is the Potholes Open on June 25th. Log on to nwbass.com for more information. Hunters, you have through Thursday, May 19th to get your special hunt application submitted in Washington. In the drawing, hunters have the chance to win a special tag for deer, elk, mountain goat, moose, bighorn sheep, and fall turkey. Drawing one of these tags gives the lucky winner the chance to hunt at special times and places that allow the best chance to harvest a trophy animal. Get more information about the special hunt drawing at the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife website. Record razor clam season wraps up on the coast. Razor clamming just wrapped up for the season, and it was one for the books. Nearly half a million digger trips were logged this past season, and clammers harvested a record eight. 0.4 million razor clams. Bonus limits on 120 days of digging help pump up the numbers. The future looks bright also. Coastal Shellfish analyst Dan Ayers says they haven't seen this many razor clams in 25 years on the coastal beaches. If you're a football fan who's also a fisherman, this may be the perfect event for you. Introducing the first annual Dog Derby at the Port of Everett on Saturday, July 16th, the Dog Derby is sure to be one of the most unique fundraising events in the Northwest. This Hatchery Chinook tournament pairs current University of Washington football players with participating guests in a one-day salmon fishing tournament, which includes a skippered boat, fishing gear, breakfast, lunch, fishing, event hoodies, official weigh-in ceremonies, and much more. The event, the event is limited to 20 boats, so hurry over to huskyfootballnil.com to get registered and get in the game. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at leschwab.com. Husky Football NIL. Get over there and get in the dog derby. That is going football to... Football and fishing. Football and fishing. What could be? What could go wrong? <laughs> Look how happy Tom is. Football and football fishing. Football and fishing. That's all it is. <laughs> like, ah. That's what it's going to be late. We got, we, got, we got Kevin Gogan and his teammate Kirk Scrafford, a couple old, old Jeff Niner Palcoa. teammates, Jeff Palco, my dear friend. University. I... I you guys are all like, you know, I'm six foot tall, and you know, Kevin and Scrappy are like six ten. Tom and Jeff are like six four, six five. I I I slip around on the back deck, like weave in and out 
I mean, I don't even think they see me. I just kind of... Gogan just steps over you. Oh so, my gosh. He, Joey got this killer video yesterday. It was just flat calm. So, so uh, Gog's got a nice halibut on. And, and Joey jumps on top of the top house of the Duckworth and, and grabs his phone and videos this this halibut, you know, and, and you know, got got the harpoon and everything, yarding it over. And it's just, it just you know, a great you, camera. And you couldn't... You couldn't do that if it wasn't a flat. It was ocean. a greaser, I mean, was just a flat, and, and it should be fairly flat today too. So, it looks all right. Like it. Yeah, uh, meanwhile, the weather may be a little bumpy on the Columbia. There may be some water coming down that creek, but Eric Lindy is going to tell you how to get that one dialed in. Eric Lindy, Columbia River Springer reopening, anchoring academics coming at you next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Well, you need to log on to LindySportFishing.com. That's the website of our next guest, none other than Eric Lindy himself. What's up, Eric? How are you, my friend? Morning, buddy. Hey, good morning from Southwest Washington. What are you guys doing? Well, I'm kind of missing not having my buddy Eric Lindy up here in Sitka, you know, because you were, you were up here for a number of years, buddy, and uh, yeah, <laughs> running running those big cold waters up here. So I, I miss you, but it's good to good to hear your voice. You got to be fired up about the number of springers coming up the creek. It's exciting, yeah. It's been good. I've been fishing up with the Wind River here last no oh, last week or so, and uh, it's been it's been good. I mean, it's been really good. Excellent fishing, and uh, the dam counts just keep going. You know those dam counts when that water goes up when that flow. If you look at the flow or the discharge or the gauge height when it when it goes up, those fish counts drop down. And then, gosh, as soon as that water drops, they take off back over that dam. It's just amazing to watch how this whole thing playing out. But yeah, they've got a lot of fish coming up the river today, this year. How important it is Great is it that we have that? that big snowpack up there for these fish. It seems like, you know, we, we have more fish going over the dam than we, we thought we were going to have. Um, they just actually updated the numbers while we're doing the show here. Uh, they have yesterday's numbers out. We're at 107,378 fish over the dam. Um, and, and those fish are going to, they're getting a good jump, you know, up into the upper, you know, upper reaches there where they're going to spawn. Right, Eric? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, there's fish up in the Wind River Canyon right now. There's, I'm sure there's fish in the Umatilla, and, and you know, the Idaho guys are excited about what's going on over there because they're going to get a season up there on the Clearwater and and uh, the the, the Lorenda Snake there. So it's it's just an exciting deal all the way around. A lot of people catching fish. They reopened this down here, and uh, the, the weather's been so tough for a couple of days. Yesterday was the first day people got out pretty good, and they got them in all the usual spots. So the fishing's still good below the dam, and then a, and it, if they would reopen it above the dam, it would be really good. They were really getting them up around the Dalles, John Day dams, uh, before they shut that down too. So, yeah, it's been a good year for Springers. There's no question. What What was the program up up on the wind? What were you dragging around up there? You know, there's several ways you can go. I was fishing just uh, you know dyed pink coon uh, shrimp with uh, just a, like. Two number two odd hooks tied tight together, and you just hang the the the, the coon shrimp on the top hook with a then a stack of about six beads, kind of tapering down with a clevis and a spinner blade. Those three and a half spinner blades behind pro trolls is what we were using, 
and uh, they were most people were using, and it was working really good. First day up there, I fished herring just behind a triangle flasher, and I I only was there for a little while. I was just kind of up checking out what was going on. Never had a bite on that, but uh, the 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 coon trip are working good. Uh, the Brad's mini cut plugs, uh, those have been working good. Uh, oh, God, those I got, things. I've actually, <laughs> I've actually got a hold of a few spin fish, and finally, and, uh, and we've been getting them on the spin fish, too. So the spin fish have been working good. I've been, uh, been putting coon shrimp inside the spin fish, and they're biting mm-hmm. those pretty good, too. That's funny really because there's the just that. Probably the yeah, yeah, it sounds go like ahead, the prawns ahead, is ahead. kind yeah. of like the go-to, but I but I love the fact that you had to go up there and drag a herring around just to see because I would I would want to do the same. I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. And and I mean you know and the combination the one-two punch of, of wiggle warts and uh, and and cut plug you know will always get it done. And I and and I'm and I can't bring myself to do the Drano Lake 500 you know going around that tight loop. But I I, I enjoyed I enjoyed fishing the wind. It's just it's like you know open a day trout fishing for. Springers. It's absolutely calm water. There's not a lot of you know structure to worry about. You know, it's kind of it's fine. You know, I I have a deal. It's too long to go on the radio right now, but there used to be the standard deal. You had to have a 16 foot boat and three guys with beards and Carhartt overalls and a fishing rod with only three guides on it. And your wiggle where it was hanging on the side of your boat from last year, you just hook it on there and just cast it out. And you would catch a ton, but you take a boat like mine up there. You can't get a bite, you know, it just kills me. <laughs> All right, so with this snowpack and and the weather you got going, you got more water than you typically do this time of year coming, or, you know, some years, but you got more water in that creek. And when we were talking about this fishery, you know, you were talking about some of the soft edges down, you know, down that, down that middle lower river. When you talk about soft edges, to me, you're talking about anchoring, Eric. Well, there's no doubt about it. Uh, is this water? The, the water's still green in the river, just so you understand. I mean, we got great clarity. Um, it looks good, but you know, this thing's going to turn brown and get big, and and uh, here in in the latter part of May in, in June, and it won't get so dark that you can't fish it. But you know, it becomes off color, and it's a lot easier when you're sitting in an attack point somewhere on the river on an anchor and and catching those fish. You know, marker seventy two. Up, uh, up at Bonneville at the rock pile or, or, or there at the deadline at Bonneville and a lot of other places along the river and, and anchoring is, it, it gets to be, it gets so high and so fast you can't even troll. You're just, you're just going too fast. So that's where the anchoring really comes in. And so when you're on the anchor, are you still messing around with the occasional prawn spinner? Or are you? I, I I know some guys are gonna still run that 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 cut plug and, and triangle flasher, but I, I got a feeling you're uh, you're probably starting wrapping some quick fish at that point. I am. You know, I've got a slew of the old Hood River quick fish that they're, they're selling for forty bucks a piece now. I guess or something. Some of the same. Anyway, you can't uh, get them anymore. Anyway, I've got. A, you can't. You can't. I. I. You know, and and. Uh, Thank God for Buzz Ramsey. I've got a bunch of them left over from when he was with Lur Jensen, and and uh, they they are the go-to for me. You know, I just uh, I really enjoy that. Uh, they they work good, and uh, the takedowns are just just impressive. The way they pound those things down, they're beautiful. And you know, I got to say something else real quick. The fish I was catching in Willamette because I was in the Multnomah Channel and it was scratchy fishing. If you look at the falls counts, there's nothing going over the falls, and so we'll get out here in the Columbia. And now we're catching fish at a pretty good rate and 
and the fish are so much bigger. It's just unbelievable. I mean, instead of a six to ten pound average, you're looking at a you know ten to fifteen pound average. You're just just Whew. beautiful fish out there. And, nice. And uh, and and it's 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 been pretty good up with the wind. And I talked to my buddies uh, that that were up trolling the water. You can still troll the water below Bonneville Dam out in front of Multnomah Falls and stuff. And and that's actually fishing pretty good up there too. Again, the weather's kind of been the the the, the deal that's hurting us the most between the the wind and the rain has just been almost epic down here. It's it's really been bad. Well, you have to be fired up over the fact that we're we're seeing now one of the best springer runs in in the past seven eight years, ten years maybe. Oh, at least that. A we're, good sp- we're well over the ten yeah. year average, aren't we? I mean, we're yeah, we're looking good right now. I mean. You know, it's, it's almost reminiscent of the early 2000 runs, although not quite there. But sure gets a guy excited when you see this stuff come over the dam like this. Maybe it, it, the ocean's got to be doing better, and you got to figure it was a real conservative estimate on their forecast. And I would guess that that's what, by jack counts. Last year, the jack counts on the summer run and the fall run were like 20 percent or 17 percent of the run, which is abnormally high, and that predicts a, a good run to follow the following year and and i can't believe we're not just going to have just lights out fishing uh here this fall this summer and fall. well just just the average size of the fish that we've seen you yes. know early on yes. this year everywhere you know cq we saw so a, a really nice average size of Chinook. we did springer fishing yep. down there with dave lee on the lower columbia i mean we're we're seeing springers that were you know mid-20s a, a few of them so that tells you the ocean is healthy and it, it bodes well for the for the next probably I'm I'm hoping Dude, five or ten years. Well, we and, get and some really good Chinook and, fish. And the hatchery fish that we've encountered up here in Sitka, we got one that was over twenty pounds already. And the yeah. biggest fish of the trip was a twenty two pound wild fish. And and you know, I, I mean I'm telling you, it's this is gonna be a great year, man. I just can't wait. But but I, I think you're calling it right. If you, if you're seeing this is the trend down on the Columbia for the Springers how, Eric Lindy, can you not be fired up over buoy 10 and that run also exceeding its forecast? I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you, pal. I, I think we're uh, I think we're in for a good one. I think we're in, in for a good one in Puget Sound, too. I really, really do. But I, I, I the, the summer fish will tell you, you know, after June 1st, I think it is, they become summer fish. So we're about three yep, weeks away. Yep. They, they've left. I don't know. They, I don't, if I looked at those regulations right last night, I think. It, it closes the 22nd, and re, they reopen. They gave us more more time, didn't they, in, in the Columbia on those summer yes. fish, I think. And, yes. And that'll be that'll be that'll just be awesome because those fish typically run bigger than the than the spring fish, also. So it'll be really neat to see those. Then that's an anchor. The same fish. Year. That's a that's yeah. a great anchor fishery right there. A guy can go down well, and, and drop the hook and see what he can do. And they're the same year class, but they just have almost another season of growth under their belt, right? I mean, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. He's Eric Lindy, lindysportfishing.com. You just let me know if you got a seat in June, and Joey and I will take the same seat. Joey can sit in my lap. Okay, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, I'll sit on Tom's lap if I get it, catch a a Chinook. The last time you guys were in my boat, it was like a rugby scrum going for the rods every time. So I'm a little scared to have you back. 
don't bring whatever you do. Oh no, we're no. I, I I got news for you, dude. He's got it bad, man. He's seriously. He just bought a shotgun. <laughs> he's buying camo. Completely he's screwed. Him he's up. just. He's in. I we were. There's no way we're coming down to the Columbia without him tagging along. So, yeah. And and and, and, and he's he will require his own seat. You see, there won't be any sharing of a seat. LindySportFishing.com. He's Eric Lindy. Eric, thank you so much for your time, buddy. We'll keep it. And dude, that that anchor, uh, that anchor ball uh, leash you made me, the snap that goes on the ball, absolutely working great pulling that halibut anchor, dude. That thing's money. So it's so it's Easy Anchor Products is your other sideline, right? EasyMarineProducts.com. Easy Marine. Easy Easy EasyMarineProducts.com. There you go. You want to get an anchor set up? Letter E, letter Z, Marine. Yep. There we go. All right. Easy. All right. Eric Lindy, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. See you at fish camp in August, right. my friend. You know it. All, all right. right. You guys see it in. Thank you, buddy. All right. Coming up next, the hottest report we heard all week and the techniques you need to succeed. It's for RobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? And it's next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back. The island of Tinian Delay. Where'd you get him, man? Hey man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a nice jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? It's time for you to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in Pacific Northwest, Roy Robinson RV Center. You're going to find a complete selection of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, toy haulers, pop-ups, campers, and much, much more at Roy Robinson RV Center, RoyRobinsonRV.com. Boy, I think I think we know the winner. Dude. It's the Columbia. It's that whole. Wind, Drano, and, and then the Lower River, which opened on May run through the 22nd. Um a lot of opportunity there for guys to get out and, and catch those bonus springers. Um, the river then, I think, will open up again June 4th yep. through June 15th. Get another crack. And, man, I'm excited to see. Uh, keep watching these numbers. You know, when we, we have uh, just a couple of days ago, we had, what, 63 or 6,500 fish go over. And, and we're at about 3,000 a day. And that's what just makes that Wind River crack. Crank. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. it's a bubble fishery off to the side. If you've never been there, you've never been through Stevenson, been over the Bridge of the Gods, it's so cool. You go, you know, over the Columbia River on I-5, and you head up, what is it, 44? Mm-hmm. Um, on, on Oregon side, and you come back up to the Washington side of the river, the river, uh, the bridge of the gods, and then up through Stevenson. Right. And, and then, um, in this, all they call it the home Valley. And it's so cool. There's turkeys up on the hillside, oh, and, yeah. you know, and bench leg bucks and stuff. Oh, yeah. But, but that whole wind river deal is just, it's a lot more chill than, than Drano. The, the, the bubble fishery, it's open. It's more open to the river. Yeah. Than, you kind of get yeah, right out on, sw- you know, on the edge there. And you get swing throughs, you know, and so fishing that buoy line can really, you know, work for a guy. And, and when you get, when you get for five, 6,000 springers coming over the dam a day, yeah, yep. it's a great place to be. But that lower fish, lower river fishery opening back up too. Guys are going to, they're, they're, they're going to be hammering on those things, but it's just great to see a forecast, you know, exceed expectations. Yeah, and, and, and I, not I think, only not I only not only gonna, numbers but size. I think we're going to see that with you know our summer fishery yep. and our fall fishery. I, I agree. Um, but but oh, there's other stuff to do too. Uh, the kokanee fishing heating up, 
And for all you guys who like to get out and, and go after the Kokanee, it's the 11th annual Lake Stevens Kokanee Derby happening on Lake Stevens, Saturday, May 21st. Tons of prizes, a uh, thousand bucks for first prize. And it's kind of perfect timing because t- checking in with all the regular Lake Stevens uh, hooligans, it sounds like the fishing's been pretty dang good. Yeah, no question. Get tickets for the for the uh, Kokanee Derby that's next Saturday at John Sporting Goods, Three Rivers Marine, Holiday Sports, uh, Triangle Bait and Tackle, Harbor Marine, and just the usual the usual suspects, and and get all your gear and get on there. That Lake Stevens event's a lot of fun. And like you said, a thousand bucks first prize. But there's also raffles for downriggers and rods and 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 just a whole bunch of stuff. And so. probably one of my favorite fish to eat is is coconut. they're amazing they are You're, unreal I mean, they're amazing. Amazing. oh yeah yeah uh, sockeye is my favorite yeah. period yeah. in well, the ocean yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what these they're are just they're little little smelt size <laughs> sockeye they are yeah. but they're but now you they're guys, a little oilier than they, they are. are they're than now, ours there's a but there's a sockeye fishery there's lots of them here here yeah yeah, yeah so the closest one just south of town yeah. uh Whale Bay? Readout Lake. Readout Lake. Yeah. Readout Lake, okay. Lots of fish. When? July. July. The, the lake is 10 feet above sea level. So they come out of the ocean, you can catch them at the lower level, or you can dip net them out of the falls, and then they go across to Weir. Dip net dip them net across. Them. And then oh, in September, we can dip net coho. So you so, know you're delicious when they let you, <laughs> they let you dip, dip net. And you're numerous. Yeah. yeah. You can dip net coho there in September. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So, uh... Do they do guys go target them? I mean, in, oh, yeah. in the salt water, or, or more in the lake. Um, more fly fishing in the salt water, okay. a little snagging, but they're yeah, so terminal. They out of the ocean into the lake, and so you just you can catch them in the lake, and they'll do the they'll do the dodger sock the dodger. I've never or, fished them in the lake. Gotcha. You don't need to. You just dip them in the in dip the them because they're jumping up the falls. <laughs> Sometimes you get ten in a scoop. <laughs> and these are nice sock. Uh, oh, these know, are all, monsters, you know, yeah. f- uh, six, eight pounds. Uh, they're nice fish. <laughs> that's a, tell that's you, a heavy could, scoop. If I could dip net coconut out of Lake Stevens, I would be out there all the time. <laughs> How far is Reed out from here? Uh, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, that'd cool. be fun. that'd be fun to just come up here and just do that, man. So you run the boat down there and just yeah. and set up on them. Oh, down man, there. that would be awesome. When do the bears start showing up? Now are they? And so, Fortress of the Bear. Tell tell us about that place. The, the Fortress of the Bear was created to uh, educate people and uh, allow a place for uh, wounded, some some, some s- displaced s- bears. I should say um, they've been placed into zoos and places like that. But there's also some safe viewing. Where, there is. Yes. They're in uh, these big, huge uh, clarifier t- old the old pulp mill, Alaska pulp uh-huh. mill. When they closed down, they kept one of those clarifier tanks, and they've got them in there. Um, they've got black bears and brown mm-hmm. bears, and um, it's pretty, pretty so interesting. So, like, if a if an orphan cub wanders into town, mm-hmm. they would take that cub? And- Correct. Well, this winter, you had a problem bear walking the streets of Sitka. We sh- the Alaska State Troopers and the city police department shot 15 bears in the month of October here. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I thought we got a bad garbage or, problem. I thought it was one or two. No, it was 15 in town. Yeah. Wow. 
and those one of the police officers shot nine himself. He's a professional bear killer now. They call him to do it. <laughs> Close quarter combat in oh, these houses. Yeah. It's that's the dangerous part. Sure. Uh, then, they have to find a bear. And so yeah. Last year I had uh, Eric Jorgensen for Roy Robinson and 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 you know Mike Serdic a Raymarine and and uh, Jeff Lalonde Bayside and and we've gone down through that crack in the rocks Pavarotti Pass. Mm-hmm. You know, and here's a grizzly just right halfway through this this little pass right and it's like oh man i slid by him and they're like stop we want to look at him and like no no that's a that's an 800 pound grizzly we're not stopping and letting it get close to the boat he'd bite my yamaha well and it's it's so tight in there he could crawl up on the rocks and jump into the boat (laughs) (laughs) well and you know i mean a tight little pass like that you got to keep your way going man he got on the rocks and growled at us and it's like yeah okay that's all close that's all the closer you're springtime is here the bears are out right and uh things are happening yeah no question and and, and so you know what so to you and, and in all your experience as as far as peak chinook time in sitka it, it, it's variable last year i believe it was the first week of june yeah yeah you caught 30 some fish yeah, june yeah. 10th yeah, last year so we had the guys from uh we had we had the guys from holiday sports and sketching arms and you left, and then the next day it was I mean, off the hook. It just went, and so you're welcome. We did that. We did. <laughs> so we got into Shillikoff Bay and just kind of trolled towards some birds until we found them. And then here they come, and they're climbing underneath the boat, which that's going to happen today on that bait pile we see. Mm-hmm. And and we just pulled the downriggers up, and I handed Jared Calkins. I go here, just drop this. The jig, and he goes, it won't go down any farther. Because there's a king seven dragging it off. <laughs> What's wrong? And, and so, um, and 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 so then Anthony Steen, he re, he goes to the back and cuts a plug off a herring and drops that thing down. And and for the next 15 minutes, we had two or three on the whole time. Why? I lost. Thing. I lost count. It's, I lost count. We converted a troll Chinook bite into mm-hmm. a vertical bite. And, and that's just, you know, that's the stuff you can do. Here. That's where those darts come in handy. That And so Bubba's Puget Pounder, and I got to show you, we're up here running some prototype rods. Here's a Puget Pounder rod. And, and, and Bob Buchanan is just the mastermind of this. And it's, so we rig these things up sliding. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling you what, if you don't keep a jig rod on your boat ready to go at all times, you're missing an opportunity because you got to dig jig around or mess around in your boat and rig something up to convert a bite like that. You're not going to achieve it. But if you have a rod that you can just throw overboard, then somebody else can go put a cut plug on, then you can get that thing going. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's the kind of deal. And there's going to be opportunities like that. I know guys are rolling their eyes, but there's opportunities to do that in Puget Sound. Too. Oh, definitely. There is. Absolutely. You, but, but you have to have it. It has to be in your mental toolbox. It has to be. It's got to be a game plan. Yes. you got to be, you gotta yes. be prepared. And, and, and you got to know, like, if you got a fish on in the back and you yep. got you, you've stopped the boat, the gear is up, you got a fish on, there's fish under the boat. You got a, a guy with a fish. There's on the three other guys net. standing there doing nothing. There is. Run Bingo. a guy to the bow. Yes. Get get a jig down there. Get a guy it, on the opposite side of the it, boat. It's a conversation you got to have with everybody on the boat before you know on the way out. It's like, look, see that that's a jig rod. All you have to do is drop that straight down. Look at the fish finder. See how deep they are. And every pass of the level line's ten feet. That's a good 
good average guest, you know, and just, and, and, and I think a lot of guys too, if they don't, if we're, we're fortunate because we get to fish together all the time in a bunch of different fisheries and, and, and get that game plan and, and an unspoken shorthand between us. But you need to talk to your folks on the boat too. Is like who's going to net? Where's the where's the where is the net? Right, all that kind of stuff. All the more preparation you can do, and it goes to what we talked about earlier in the show with regard to chart study. The learning never ends. The learning never ends. The development never ends. Your improvement as an angler never ends. You know the the work you do to your boat and yourself. You know if you're passionate about it, your work as a hunter on yourself never ends. Your target practice never ends. All that stuff. Well, it's the reason we've all been doing this stuff since we were kids. It it always evolves and changes and there's always more to learn and and it's just such a i mean fishing and hunting is such a fun do you remember the first ducky shot yeah i do absolutely i I did i i shot my first duck with a 410 and i had to shoot him for a while (laughs) (laughs) what did you sluice him i did i did i did um on on the river and yep, I did. It's okay. And, it's okay. and then I I my I last elk. I, I didn't feel good. Yeah. But I got the retrieved the duck, and I, and then I didn't feel good. And I thought, oh no, that's the I'm adrenaline. One of, I'm one of those people that can't do this because I I don't know I don't feel good now. But I just I just like yeah the adrenaline the excitement of it like made my stomach upset, and I'll never forget it. You know I was. 10 years old and um then it was all i ever wanted to do it's all i wanted to do well fish and hunt i mean and we bring this fish fresh to the restaurant and this cook your catch there's nothing else i want to eat you know i'm sorry the, the, the that fresh halibut and rockfish and deer and elk and salmon and all that kind of stuff there's i don't really don't want to eat anything else no. and i think that feeling of the um uh, general population getting that feeling has something that has changed especially since covid has happened how many more fishermen and hunters have we introduced in the united states seven million more people or something like that have started hunting and fishing and so uh, it's great to see this next generation teaching this next generation the lifestyle it's just like you not see the wall tents in the woods anymore it's because that gathering of men has stopped and it's got to come back yeah and that's you you mentioned the, the gathering of men absolutely that came and, after the war yeah it did. and they all came home and they yeah. all started that tradition in the 60s and 70s or 50s and that has lost you drive the woods you don't see wall tent camps and that has lost due to technology yeah. and and it's good to see that starting to come back into well, the world and now what's exciting is it's not just men, you know. We yeah. have these amazing women out there climbing mountains and hunting sheep at you know fifteen thousand feet, and they're out there hanging with the dudes, shooting and them with a bow. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, that's man. it too. It's incredible. But, I and, love it. but the sad thing is, people think the real world's on a computer or on your phone or on the TV, and it's not. No, it's not. And Seattle's not even the real world. You take got, your kids fishing. Take your kids out in the woods. Take your kids on the water and put the electronics away. All right. That's where the real world is. Joel, thank you so much. We'll be doing You're it welcome. again next Saturday. Joe, you too, Thanks, buddy. buddy. You welcome. missed any of the show, jump on MyNorthwest.com. Hit the podcast on TheOutdoorLine.com. Give Joey a follow at Joe Pyron on Instagram. At Fish Baronoff on Instagram, at uh, The Outdoor Line on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For Matt Nelson in our Seattle studios, Rob Ensley, who's out on a charter day, Joey Pyburn, Joel Martin. This is Tom Nelson. This has been The Outdoor Line on, on Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app.